Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Shop Talk Show. We have just kind of a classic Shop Talk Show episode for you lined up. But uh, at the top, you'll mention the sponsors that make Shop Talk Show possible. One of those is Environments for Humans putting together their Perch CMS Summit. It is a virtual live conference that celebrates the lightweight, user-friendly, PHP-based content management system. Spend a day with the Perch CMS team to learn tips and tricks, templating ideas, Q&A with the Perch CMS team, and much more if you register now use code shop talk for ten dollars off it's already uh, uh an expensive conference to go to so if you have any interest in perch and as you'll find out in a minute this is a a highly uh synergetic sponsor for this particular episode and uh this episode is also also brought to you in part by braintree code for easy online payments. If you're searching or if you're working on a mobile app and searching for the right payments API, check out the Braintree V.0 SDK. With one simple integration, your customers get every way to pay. To learn more and to try out the sandbox, go to Braintree Payments, braintreepayments.com slash shop talk. Dave, kick us off. day in the neighborhood. Hey there, Shopper Maniacs. You're listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show, where we have braved through technical difficulties to bring you a live internet extravaganza. I am Dave Rupert, and with me is Chris Coyer. I'm excited for this one because, as you may suspect, that we kind of know about who our sponsors are going to be a couple of uh, uh, weeks, sometimes months in advance here on the Shop Talk Show. Uh, uh, and in Environments for Humans, our longtime sponsor throws different ones of these online summits. You know, you've heard us advertise them before where you can attend them for anywhere in the world. I just told you that the Perch CMS Summit is coming up. uh, And I was thinking, you know what, we've had Rachel Andrew from Perch on before, but it was such an interesting conversation. And uh, she works with, and, you know, in more ways than one, Drew McClellan. Uh, So we thought we'd have Drew on the show too, to talk to us about all things Perch and all the other things that Drew does. Welcome to the show, Drew. Hello, gents. Hello. So, this is going to, you know, um, we're going to talk about, uh, well, first of all, let's get to know Drew a little bit better. Can you uh, give us the, the kind of what you're working on now that might be interesting uh, and a, a bit of your past as well, perhaps? Yeah, sure. So, um, I guess I started off as like a um, as the, the techie guy inside design agencies. Mm-hmm. So, I was always the lonely one in the corner, surrounded by designers. Uh, and right back in the bad old days, they'd do all their Photoshop mocks and send them over to me, and I'd sit there sweating in the corner with coffee. We have a good question about this coming up that you're going to love. Okay, that's great. So, that that's kind of what I did, and then I progressed um, sort of through that line, through sort of working mainly in design agencies, and eventually I found myself working at uh, Yahoo in the Yahoo. London office. Um, so, I was a front-end dev for Yahoo for uh, a while. And then... Um, I was commuting from uh, where I lived at the time into London every day for that. And that, I was spending about four hours commuting. And I thought, this is no way to live. Uh, working at Yahoo is no way to live. And also this commute on top. Um, but uh, so I... Um, you are dreaming of not doing that commute. <laughs> exactly. Rachel, uh, um, my wife, was she my wife at the time? She wasn't quite, no. Um, but she was running a, a development agency on her own. Uh, and so I thought she needed more people. And so I left Yahoo and teamed up with her. Um, so we were building a lot of sort of custom CMS stuff, pretty much e-commerce projects as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically we were like an outsourced development partner working with design agencies. So I was taking kind of what I knew from working within design agencies. And then we were doing that as basically as an outsourced entity. And Rachel had been doing that sort of thing for quite a while with the company. Um, and then we we kind of got to the point where we were doing lots of big CMS things, custom CMS projects. And um, our customers kept asking us, you know, that, that they had this sort of small project here and there. They didn't need anything big and bespoke and custom for. Um, and did we have anything small? And out of that, we started Perch then as a as a sort of side project. And that was... There's an six- established need. People are actually yeah. asking you for it. That's it, yeah. That was about six and a half years ago. And we sort of grew it. First couple of years, we did it alongside client work. Uh, and then we stopped doing client work. And now we're just a CMS company. 
Um, so we do Perch and Perch Runway, which is kind of a bigger version for, for bigger sites. Yeah, I, I certainly have some questions about that because uh, mm. uh, embarrassingly, I, I knew about Perch. I've long known about Perch and then and didn't really realize that there's now kind of uh, Perch 2. And I shouldn't say that. It's it's Perch Runway. That's the official name <laughs> yep. for it. But yeah, I, I didn't know about it at all. So maybe we'll get to that in a, in a, in sure. a, in a second, I suppose. But so, yeah, uh, it was you're both um, developers and you're are there. Is it is it just you and Rachel or do you not have you? Yeah, it's just the two of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, th- I reckon we've got about enough work for maybe five or six people. <laughs> but at, the m- at the moment, it's just two of us, just like working our socks off day and night. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And it's and it's and Rachel writes about this a lot. It's it's a business, and you charge for it and provide customer support for it. And yeah, we're quite old fashioned, really. I mean, we it, it's like we we could be in a workshop making a physical product and selling it at a market at the weekends, so, or you know, we're just we we sit in yeah. our back bedroom. We you could we be making honey, but you'd, in right. this case, you're making a CMS. We make we make software and we sell it, and people pay us money for it, and that's that's just interesting. How it works? Interesting choice. Uh, I, I, are you interested in money, or what was the motivation there? <laughs> <laughs> I I'm interested in. Um, uh, shelter and and food oh, oh. and all those sorts of things. Um, okay. So yeah, no, we just we just. I mean, obviously there are, you know, there are things like WordPress which exist um, that we're all aware of. But um, I think that sort of model, um, it while it works for WordPress and it might like work for Drupal and you can have uh, some free software that makes a lot of money through uh, the the sort of ecosystem that surrounds it. I think that works for WordPress and works for Drupal, but they're kind of outliers. Um, it's, it's very difficult to start something new and say, right, this is going to be completely free, yet we're going to make enough money to sustain it. Um, uh, so we just, you know, take a, a more straightforward approach of, We'll make something and we'll charge what we think is a fair price for it. You know, we're not asking for huge amounts of money. We've we tried to price it so that it fits in with the way that like professional web designers and developers charge their clients. Um, so it's just it, we're kind of trying to pitch it around about maybe an hour's worth of time. You know, if you invoice somebody like eighty bucks an hour, then well, that's about what a, a license costs for Perch. So it, we we kind of think very much about who's using it and how they're going to pay for it and and um and just try and make it a fair cost that that is reasonable for the software that you get lovely yeah i have some more some more questions about that but i wanted to to make sure that so when people are when we're gonna i'm sure we'll end up talking about perch a bunch during this podcast we have as a format uh audio so we're gonna we're gonna do our best to describe uh through that format because that's all we have available to us. But I wonder what you would say if you if you really wanted someone to fully understand what Perch is. What what would you recommend as far as understanding? Do you have a series of of videos or is there a live demo people can pull? That what what do you recommend for wrapping your head around what Perch is? If yeah, people interested in that, there's both. We've got um, we've got quite a comprehensive video tutorial, which is kind of aimed at people who are actually building a site. So if you've got the software and you want to go through and, and follow a series of like a tutorial of how to build something, um, but that's all just freely available from our documentation, which is just linked from our main site, which is grabaperch.com. Um, uh, so that, that actually works quite well for getting an overview, you know, before you before you try it out, um, as well as building along with it. And we have got a live demo as well, and you can sign up again from the site. In fact, we've got three different uh, websites, like a really bare bones basic thing, and then like a, a mock up corporate site, and then one that's like a uh, it's like for a running club. It's like a little small community sort of site, um, and you you can basically um, pick those, and we'll spin up brand new versions uh, of the CMS of those sites just for you and you get your own login oh, wow. and you can log in and start editing them uh, and playing around with it. That's kind of tech fun. Is it a little Docker container? Or is it a... It's uh, No, it's um, it's all uh, Puppet. Um, cool. But it's not in Docker containers. But uh, yeah, it's uh, that's been through so many different versions. Rachel is now the master of that. It, it was Initially, it was like some, some gnarly bash scripts that I'd put together. Um, as uh, how we did it originally, but yeah, that's uh, uh, that's uh, pretty cool. Right. So it's not you know, so they can play around the back end, and you don't have right. to worry about somebody have like you know, you don't see what somebody else has. 
Right. Well, that was the key point. We didn't want people trying out the trying out the CMS, making an edit, and then somebody else who's also trying it out makes a, makes an, another right. edit to the same thing, and then it looks like the software doesn't work. <laughs> everything something you didn't expect happens. So um, we wanted to give everyone a nice pristine copy, and it hangs around for like three days, uh, and then we just automatically spin it down, uh, and you can just keep signing up for those as many as you want to keep trying it out. Um, we're quite That's a pretty lot neat. I, I can't say well. another. Uh, can't you know. I've never seen that before. Yeah, I don't think a lot of CMSs give you a, you know, a spun, spinned up version of it. It's pretty unique. Yeah, there's nothing worse, is there, than like logging into a live demo of something and just finding all the crap that yeah. people have scrawled all over it. It, uh-huh. it, 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 it just looks bad. It, you know, it, it doesn't look professional, and it, it's certainly not something you could like demo in a pitch to a client. <laughs> you couldn't do that um, because you don't know what somebody else would write on it, and you know. So it seems like that some of the, you know, the design decisions approach, not visual design, but how, what it, who it's for and how you approach it is based on that uh, who you intended to use it for. Like we, you do client, like somebody out there does client work. <laughs> the sure. C purchase the CMS uh, that could work for them because it yeah. doesn't prescribe any particular way of building a site. Is that right? Right, it's our, our our sort of target customer. If you want to put it in those horrible marketing terms, our target customer is somebody who's a professional web designer or developer who's working um, building sites for clients. Um, that's kind of like the 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 core of of our customer base. And then we have other people who use it as a sort of a bolt on for you know maybe they've built some um, you know custom web app. And they're using uh, a framework, an MVC framework, to do all the the cool stuff in their app. And then they want to be able to give their marketing people uh, a way to edit the ancillary sort of information around things. And Perch works really well, sort of bolting in like that as well. Um, but really, our primary customer is somebody who's working away, building websites for clients, and wants to be able to put out really good quality stuff that the customer isn't going to uh, have trouble using won't need a lot of training in how to use the control panel and all that sort of stuff yeah uh, they won't constantly be on the phone saying oh i know you showed me once how to make this edit but can you talk me through it again or could you just do it for me um and, and the web designer needs to be in control of everything that gets output at the front end is the other thing you know we're both Rachel and I, um, I mean, we were both members of the Web Standards Project. We know, you know, our markup, and uh, we 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 want our pages to be as pristine as possible. And we don't want other bits of technology we can't control getting in and generating junk in the pages. Yeah. So we're really, really about. Being you know, this able whole to industry is very sensitive to that. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of our thing. Is like everything is templated. Um, if you, you know. If if the if you can see something in the source of the page, then chances are you can go and edit it. You know, you can you can change it. You don't have to undo things that the CMS is doing to do them the way you want to do them. You just, you know, you've got control, and that's really important to us. So I think you know, people listening to this, whether or not they're interested in Perch, I'm interested in your your decision making stuff because a lot of people have their own products and their own workflows and stuff. So it's interesting mm-hmm. to hear you answer these questions as they can be related to, to to anybody's project. One of the tech decisions I think that you made is that is purchase is PHP and it's not and it's kind of unabashedly uses a database. It uses a MySQL database and 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 that kind of goes in and out of fashion I feel like but you kind of embrace that right yeah yeah so we're um, P- PHP and MySQL which I, I'm not sure it goes in and out of fashion I think it's just out of fashion <laughs> I think it's just you know but the thing is it works works really really well um, you know as a platform PHP and MySQL and you know Apache or Nginx with it it just works solidly and inexpensively and it just doesn't go wrong um, so it's also, you know, I think even if um, if you build websites, if you're like mainly a front ender uh, and you don't do much back end stuff, um, but chances are you'd be familiar with bits of PHP because uh, it comes up. If you've you know had a blog on WordPress or any of these things, you might be familiar with PHP, so it kind of fits in there as well. Uh, it's you know it's it's a familiar environment. It's inexpensive to host um so yeah it's it's really unfashionable and is there it's, a there's a curly works. break braces kind of thing did you go the twig route too or 
Uh, we've actually got our own templating engine, oh, okay. like completely custom, because uh, Twig didn't exist um, back when we started six and a half years ago. Um, there were other things. There was uh, Smarty. I don't know if you've come yeah, across that. Sure. I remember Smarty. Uh, yeah. But our, our templates are actually really interesting, again, from a sort of design point of view, is because most, if you think of like um, Twig, uh, what that does is controls the way that data is output into your markup, right? So some data goes into it, into the templating engine, and it arranges that with the markup and creates the, the HTML that comes out the other end. Um, now, purchase templates do that too. Um, but the other thing they do is read the template in and uh, the template actually declares what content you want to capture and your edit forms are created from your templates. Um, so it kind of, they, we have these sort of weird bi-directional uh, templates, which is um, pretty cool. Um, so you can actually build a site by breaking each component down into a template. So say you've got, I don't know, a, a news article. You can say, well, it's got a, a heading and a date and then the body of the article. Um, you just drop tags in your template for those. And then Perch reads that template and says, all right, we need a headline. We need a you know, a date field. We need oh, a, a really? And, so and, and generates the edit form dynamically. Um, so and you're so you're designing just, the you're designing the admin area yes. as you're designing the template. That's yes. crazy. That's crazy. I mean, it's not That's crazy. Neat. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't mean to say, oh, what a bad idea. I mean to say, I've never. I didn't really realize that. Yeah, but what is what what it means is there's there's no concept of like custom fields um, because everything is just custom fields. You just have the field you want. Um, it's, the second it's kind you of, put a new curly braces and say date, then boom, it's in the admin. Yeah, need- right. Yeah, that's nice. I because I was thinking, you know, in WordPress, you use kind of advanced custom fields or something like that, which is right. pretty good. But it's also a, an add-on. It, it's kind of non-standard. It it's a lot. Well, of if you need a kind of- new field, it's quite the process to add one. I mean, not that it's totally laborious, but you need to go edit the kind of the model that you're creating, and then edit the page where that model goes on, and then that's available. And then you can go into your template to use that data. It's kind of like at least a three three step process kind of thing. We figure that um, if you're building like semantic HTML, if you care about the the um, the semantics of your HTML, you've got things like your, um, you know your H tags, your H one to six tags for your headings and all this sort of stuff. Um, then your um, your HTML actually already describes the structure of the data that you want to collect, right? Right. Um, and and so if you just turn that template into a schema for your database, essentially. Um, then that's kind of the best way. So you you start with HTML as your structure, and you end up with HTML in your web page. That same HTML as your as your output. So it kind of we're really focused on good front end code. That's I'm, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about like not to make this a total commercial for Perch, but how much time uh, I spent like stitching together multiple pages to make some sort of Franken custom page in, in something like WordPress and how much time that would have saved me. Um, I'm impressed. Thinking of the, you know, the, the, the core customer again, or the potentially mm-hmm. the, the freelancer. So you had, you, when you're making design decisions for this product, it's, it's, there's this moment, right? The client handoff that I'm kind of, I'm done with this now. Here you go. So do you, you think about that moment, like that you're designing this product both for a designer, developer, freelancer person and for somebody who's not that, but is now in charge of this site? Yes. Yeah. Um, our, our control panel, the admin is, is very, um, I mean, again, it's kind of something that's not particularly fashionable, but when you log in, you see a structure of your site as a, you know, as a, as a structured tree that mirrors the navigation. In fact, all the navigation on your site is generated from that same structure. Um, so if you're the, if you're the, uh, the end client logging in to edit your own site, you can pretty much just see where you need to go. You re- you know what the structure of your site, and so you can then just find it um, and drill drill down and edit the bit that you want to edit, essentially. Um, but uh, again, going back to these templates, there you can drop stuff into them, like um, you can drop in little um, help snippets, like you know um, 
annotations on fields, but also you can drop in chunks of HTML and put in like embed a video in your edit form to say, right at this point, here's what you do, um, and you can you can do a whole yeah. presentation right there on the on the edit page where the where the um, that's that's important stuff, right? Because you, it's it's one thing to say this is where the title goes, but it's another thing to say, hey, this should be between forty and seventy characters, and please use an active yeah. voice and you know or something, you know, like hints to what you want out of this. Yeah, sure. So we, yeah, we we do hear a lot from people that um, they've delivered a site to a client. The client found it pretty straightforward. They didn't need much, you know, much instruction on how to how to edit things. It just sort of felt. Uh, I, I guess it's no overused word, but it kind of felt intuitive. They just knew what they were doing by looking at it, um, and that's that's kind of what we focus on. It's it's perch isn't fancy. Um, we don't try and do cool tricks. Um, we just sort of try and make it straightforward and enable people to turn sites around that are successful for their for their customers um because that's you know that's what we're trying to do most of the time isn't it we're just trying to get our job done trying to trying to turn something around and try to have a really happy customer at the end of it so that we can move on to the next project and have another happy customer um so that's that's sort of our focus making things as as quick and straightforward for the web designer and for the end client that's great. That's you know, it's not everybody is in that. It's it's kind of a double hard situation in a sense. Not everybody has to build a product that's for two very different people like that. Mm. Uh, I should say that our our sponsor, which is a sponsor that would that would absolutely work in a perch like environment, Braintree. Uh, 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 it's a it's it's a it's a payments API, a simple, secure way to integrate payments into the site. They have a PHP SDK, so it's like if you wanted to build a site that sold something, and you wanted to take uh, credit cards and PayPal and Bitcoin and uh, 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 Venmo and whatever else, you can do that uh, through through one API, a Braintree, which is kind of nice uh, that you don't have to like you know find eight different services to, to to take all those different types of things. That's what Braintree is all about. That it's it's one API for all for all of those things, which is pretty darn wonderful. Uh, uh, PHP, like I mentioned, but also .NET and Node and Java and Perl and Python and Ruby and, and that I think that covers pretty much all the languages that anybody's writing in these days. I would say uh, they have really like robust, clear documentation, which is a good sign of any any product. They say that you can you can get it done in in ten lines. Really easy. And the point of Braintree is it's like a payments API for developers. You could absolutely have a perch site that used Braintree to take the money for things if you wanted to do that. So uh, look into it. The URL there is BraintreePayments.com/shoptalk, and using that gets your uh, fifty thousand dollars in transactions fee free. Transactions. <laughs> Enjoy. So we, should we move on to some Q and A? Do you have any questions, Dave? That you're that are boring into you? We're we're missing the kind of big seasonal thing coming up, uh, 24ways.org. Which is a good example of a perch site and probably a perch site that's running on the new perch, I would imagine. Yes. Yeah, it's running on Perch Runway. Yeah. So 24 Ways, that's kind of my thing. Um, it's what I do uh, every December when I'm um, also, I'll say when I'm not doing anything else. <laughs> when am I not doing anything else? When I'm also doing that. Um, so, yeah, it's like, like a... I mean, you guys know Twenty Four Ways, right? Chris, you've written for us. Yeah, I, well, I mean, we could do the we could do the pitch for you, but it's a it's an advent it's an advent calendar in a sense for for um, uh, designer developer articles, but it's only you know it's only at the, at the end of the year, like all advent calendars, I guess. But it just has a it has a certain cachet to it, and it's something that I think I'll, I'll, like the, this whole industry looks forward to because. Uh, I don't know. You have there's a wide variety of people that that write for it that tend to be like really good and really smart, and they tend to take this opportunity to really try to knock it out of the park with what they're going to say. I think that's why people look forward to it so much. But you tell us about it. Yeah. So uh, we're in our must be our eleventh year coming up now. Yeah, I think it was ten years last year. Um, So we started in two thousand and five, and. It runs December 1st to 24th with a new article every day. And we don't pre-announce who's going to be writing each article. We try and keep it hush-hush. And so every day it's a surprise, um, just like a real advent calendar. Yeah. So, But no chocolate, unfortunately. <laughs> um, just just articles. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we've been doing it since yeah 2005. And um, uh, I don't run it alone. I've um, got a, a, a really great team who do most of the hard work for me these days. 
um, which is great. Um, but yeah, it's uh, about, I mean, about three years ago, we um, rebuilt the site on uh, on Perch, and then a couple of years ago, we moved it onto Perch Runway. So it's it's not. I mean, it's it's interesting, and but it's not a hundred miles different from most blogs anybody's ever seen, right? It's like it's a it's a title and an article, and there's archives, and the archives are based on year and topic and stuff like that. It, it feels like a pretty normal site in a sense. It does have a very beautiful design. The design evolves, but I, I think most of us can imagine what a CMS for this kind of thing looks like. And so it started out as something. Thing, then it started out as Perch, and now, so why is Perch Runway the the right product for it, or or, or wouldn't it matter so much for Twenty Four Ways? It probably wouldn't matter so much for Twenty Four Ways. I mean, originally it was on a um, uh, it was on uh, text pattern. Do you guys remember yeah, text pattern? Sure. Uh, so I started, that's what I used to use for my own blog. So, uh, when I started 24 ways, it was just the bit of software that I knew. So I, I built it on that and that's just basically a, a, a basic blogging, uh, platform. And essentially, yeah, it's a blog and it's divided up into years and it, there's a few little, um, things in there to, to deal with the fact that it's only 24 articles and a year and we tick over a year, uh, on, you know, the 1st of December and all that sort of stuff. But essentially it's just a blog. Um, so it's not a, it's not a majorly complex site and it's not something that is, um, uh, particularly needs Perch Runway for, but I think kind of Perch Runway is, um, it's kind of like your developer edition of, of Perch. Uh, and so it's kind of the, the, the version that I want rather than the version that, um, uh, somebody who's, you know, maybe more design focused and just wants to get some. Is it still self-hosted? Still self-hosted. The the key difference, um, as far as I'm concerned, is that it has uh, built-in um, routing. So it's all based around a, a front controller. Oh, there you so go. So the thing with Perch is that it uses, um, well, it's really good for retrofitting to an existing site because it has this idea that you have all your pages just like you'd have them in a static site. And you can go in and you can make bits of the content editable by putting PHP function calls in various places. Um, so it kind of relies on on um, having those pages on your server. Uh, and when in Perch, when you create a new page, it actually goes and puts a PHP file in the right place in your site to be that page, which works fine. So it fine uses for, the directory structure to yeah. be the... Yeah, I see. So that's yeah. the routing is the directory structure. Yeah. Right. So the the routing or the routing, as we say in um, in uh, England, uh, is uh, basically that's what um, Perch Runway gives you. That's the, the kind of the major feature is that it's all front controller based. So it gives you all the flexibility that comes along with that, and we've got really nice um, uh, routing um, uh, sort of rules that you can sure. uh, that you can so create. You, have, you don't have literally a controller. And you can keep, yeah. keep you can keep a little bit of extra logic out of the views with that controller. Yeah, it means you just don't have to go into you know a HT access file or whatever and do do mod rewrite rules and all that horrible stuff. Uh, you can just just do it nicely within the uh, within the control panel. Uh, and then we've got stuff like um, it's got integration with uh, like cloud uh, hosting for. Amazon S3 and Rackspace mm. Cloud Files, and it has automated backup to Dropbox. So just every night, it'll dump a copy of your site into Dropbox for you. Um, That's kind of cool, sort of including a MySQL dump, or no? Yeah, yeah, MySQL dump and any uploaded assets. Um, wow, nice. We'll just it'll just dump them into Dropbox for you, and then you can pick any one of those previous backups and just restore it as well. Oh, one click um, back or restore it. Yeah. Oh, no. Which is also really nice because it's putting it into into Dropbox, so you've then got it on your local machine. If you want to do some, some work on your site, you can just restore that backup from the live site directly into your dev copy, and uh, away you go. Oh, that's genius. Um, so that works really nicely. Uh, it, yeah, it's just kind of like... Um, the other thing it has is this feature we call collections, which are just like big old repositories for content. So if you're doing a a site that's maybe like a news-heavy site where you just have loads and loads of articles, all those articles, you just fire them into a collection and categorize them and tag them and do whatever you want. And then you pull those out um, it, you know, onto your site however however you want to. So it kind of it just creates that abstraction between um, the pages themselves and the content 
whereas Perch is very much, um, you can easily reuse content, but everything is focused on this content is on this page. Um, and you can you can grab stuff from other pages and, and what have you. But in Runway, the collections, it's like, here's a big here's a big bucket of content and then you just do what you want with it. Okay. Um, and it's optimized for like thousands and thousands of entries rather than just, you know, um, a few dozen. Okay. So that's, that's perch and, and, and perch runway is the, the slightly more developer one, I guess. Yeah. And for just for bigger sites mm-hmm. and you can, and um, you can, uh, and you can upgrade. It sounds like, yeah, yeah, you can start small, and then as your site grows, you can just upgrade it and um, step up to the next level. Okay, I th- I th- there's 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 more uh, there's more th- related things that we can uh, uh, get into here, but they'll they'll I think they'll come up as we answer people's questions. So maybe we'll do that. Jeff Lau writes in, "What was the hardest thing about turning Perch into a steady income stream? What did you do?" Uh, what you did to overcome it, and what tips would you have for somebody that wants to start a side project but doesn't have uh, an idea yet? Hmm. So, the thing when we started Perch is that we didn't. We kind of expected that. Um, well, we knew it was something that that we wanted in our business. So we had clients, as I said, asking us for something for smaller sites that we didn't have. So we kind of took the approach of we're going to offer this for sale, but if nobody wants it that's okay. We've still got a useful tool. Um, but because of that, we won't spend too much time doing it. Um, so I think version one of Perch, there was about six days development went into it, which was actually like three weekends. Uh, and then we spent about the same amount of time again doing like getting a website ready and doing the uh, the PayPal stuff to sell it and, and those bits and bobs. Um, so it was kind of about 12 days work from start to finish before we started selling something. Um, so we knew that actually then the risk was pretty low. And if, if nobody was interested in it, we weren't, you know, we'd not spent months and we'd not spent like thousands trying to get it ready. Um, and I think that was pretty key because that forced us to, to release early rather than keep working at it and keep working at it and keep working at it. Because the problem, if you, if you work at something too long, you then look at the stuff that you did to begin with. And you want to go back and fix it because you realize that you've got better and you've improved um, or you start second guessing yourself or you think, oh, I really just need this one more feature or, you know, this software doesn't make sense without all these features. Um, So it's kind of getting to that minimal viable product um, and being realistic about what that is. Uh, First version of Perch, you could upload images, but we didn't resize them for you. So you had to already prep them to the right size before you uploaded them um which is obviously like bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it was okay it was good enough for version 1.0 and then in like 1.2 or whatever we 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 fixed that you know once we'd seen that it had been successful we then sunk more more time and more effort into it sure so you're a believer Um, in the mvp kind of thing yeah but also just being real realistic about what that mvp is um because it is so easy to just kind of trick yourself and, and you know fool yourself into thinking that there's so much more that you need than you really do. Um, you know, if if Focus you're thinking on the M, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what was the question? I've forgotten the. Well, question. one of them was that, that Jeff didn't have an idea yet. So, so what did, did you to you? It seemed pretty straightforward. It was people are asking us for this. We're developers ourselves. You know, the the yeah. the runway towards it was pretty. The runway was pretty. Oh, Chris oof, was pretty. <laughs> straightforward uh but jeff doesn't have an idea at all maybe yet or do you think maybe secretly he does a secret idea well i don't know does does any don't you think everybody's got something like it's not like we stare at the wall all day jeff surely you do something maybe whatever it is that you do could you can mine for that idea there's that idea that you dog food right like Chris, uh, CodePen is kind of a, a an extension of you having a bunch of demos on on CSS. Sure, tricks, that was so. a fairly straightforward um, thing as well. I have to so rake my yard. <laughs> Can somebody please do that for me? <laughs> well, that's it, isn't it? Um, you know, ideas don't have to be like really glamorous and really exciting. Some of the most successful things are actually pretty, uh, are, you know, are, are yard rakers. Um, they're, they're almost 
uninteresting ideas. They're, they're jobs that that people just need doing um, and all happily hand over a bit of cash to have it done. You know, they're, they're awkward little tasks that they have to do every day. And if here's something that makes it easy, then, you know, just hand over a bit of cash. It doesn't have to be a really exciting, world-changing thing. It doesn't have to be the next Twitter. Even Twitter was probably a humble beginnings. Uh, ben Robertson writes, and this is related to that images stuff early on, uh, as an agency, a lot of our sites are too image heavy and it is hurting performance for mobile because we include these big high-res images for desktop and then just scale them down in CSS for mobile. Sad face. <laughs> what is the best practice for responsive images as content, not background images in CSS? I've seen some discussions about image source set and the picture element and stuff. How do you decide what to use? It's confusing. I put this in here because I thought maybe maybe a CMS could help. We in Perch we because of what I was saying about how the templates work, you can pretty much uh, use any of the new responsive um, image formats just straight off. You don't need any particular support. Um, so you can just say, I want this, you know, when, when a client uploads an image, I want it in all these different sizes and output them in these places, you know, the paths to it in these places in the template. Um, and that'll just work. So it, it, from the backend point of view, that's kind of, that can be quite straightforward. I think it's still, it's still a front end issue, isn't it? In that, okay, we've got these new things, we've got responsive images and, uh, and what have you, but you know, what, what browsers are your visitors using do they you know do they support that yet yeah, maybe it's you know perhaps the more pragmatic solution at the moment is to serve slightly lower res images for desktop and have them be not quite as crisp but if you've got lots of people on mo- you know, like on old mobile devices mm-hmm. um i think it comes back down to you know looking at your audience looking at who's who's using your site and what devices they've got and what sort of connection speeds are they on um but yeah, I mean, sure. There's there's the new responsive image stuff. If you've got people who've got browsers that support it, which I don't know what they are yet. Do you know what they are yet? Is there anything? What's the what's the support level for them? Yeah. Well, modern uh, Chrome is is supporting, and, and then thus Opera two automatically or whatever because it's in Blade. Chrome Opera Edge. Not bad. I mean, it's not bad. At least there's yeah. you know when it's not when it's above just one. Vendor, that's cool, and I think everybody's on board, right? Like the right. Uh, so what's yeah? I mean the 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 solution has been dropped for this thing. There isn't. It, it's not the wild west that it was even even a year ago or six months ago when it was like, oh, there's multiple solutions. Which one should I pick? There is one solution. It's source set or picture, depending on what, you know. And there's a little decision tree to get you to the right one. But that's that's the way to go, Ben. Uh, e- either just start using them and. Uh, perhaps sometimes a CMS can help. And I, 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 the, my thinking was that w- what's nice is a lot of CMSs, when you, if the CMS offers some kind of image uploading ability, it's nice when it automatically creates the multiple versions for you because that's exactly what both of these uh, elements need is multiple versions of it and then, and then some information about when to switch between those images. And it can help with both of those things usually. Uh, I know, I know, it has dropped in in core WordPress, or it drops this week, I think. So you basically have no choice now. When you when it drops an image into your page, it uses source set too. Uh, I think you'd have to explicitly turn it off, which is it's pr- pretty bold. Uh, but I but I think the right decision. And then if you if you want, and if you're really worried about. Uh, making sure that you're serving the correct things for mobile and, and have like massive amounts of browser support, then it's just um, a matter of loading up the picture fill library, which is based on the semantic markup. So it just kind of makes it work for everybody. Anyway, that's what you should look into, Ben, is is, is, is the, exactly what you're already looking into. All right, next question comes from Rich Ingermiller, which I love your last name, Rich. It's, it's like somebody who harvests Inger. Um, my background is a creative director. Uh, also, I typically manage products and design direction from a larger perspective. So I don't really have a question, but one an opinion. My wife, a very web-capable senior art director, has been freelancing at a few local pharmaceutical agencies here in New Jersey. Uh, she's been talking about 
uh, different, uh, how different the work process is on big and small pharmaceutical sites. Uh, traditionally, we've always separated design, content, and code, which is I, uh, which I've always believed was gospel. Only time we've ever formatted text in Photoshop was to make designs look more final for approval. Content was always done in the CMS or HTML if it was just a few web pages. But in the land of big pharma. Uh, they do absolutely everything in Photoshop, not just design and layout, but all the content and hundreds of rounds of medical edits. Uh, I thought this was something unique to one large agency, but she's been to four so far and they all work this way. Uh, Picture having to format every single page, roll over, drop down, basically everything in a PSD layer on a comp. And in the end, it gets handed off to the development team who pretty much <laughs> scraps all of the PSD content and reformats it all. Boggles my That's mind. That's pretty wild, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's li- absolutely every page of every single thing is a Photoshop file, including the content itself. I, I've seen Photoshop being taken too far, even in just the design phases, let alone the design plus the content. Uh, I, I, I guess she says, you know, she's been trying to say, hey, maybe you might be interested in, I don't know, a CMS. <laughs> and, and apparently it's, it's, not, it's not going very far. Anyway, so I guess he ends with the question, am I alone in thinking that this me- method of content development is insane? Or is this a lot more common than I think? It definitely is insane. <laughs> I've, no, I've no idea how common it is, especially amongst big farmers. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's insane, uh, absolutely insane. I mean, it was bad enough when you know back in the old days where we used to Photoshop every like template of a system, not you know, let alone every page and every state of the page. Right. Um, it's yeah, it's no way to build a website, and it's it's actually a really inefficient, um, well, clearly inefficient, but um, it doesn't doesn't get you good results. Right. There's money um, to be saved and better results to be had. I mean, I, I guess. Do we have any arguments that maybe would be useful for uh, helping her to to persuade her colleagues to see the light? I don't know. Um, well, isn't it there the tree? Like so, it's like you said. There's like it's a little weird to just think about all the templates of one particular site. But let's say you've decided to do that, and there's ten of them. So you're like, oh, okay, I guess we'll mock up every single one of these 10. And then when anything changes, now we have 10 to change because, you know, I don't know, the red changed and we don't want, you know, these nine other PSDs being out of date there. So let's update all 10 of them. And then, and then, and now because of, uh, you know, the proliferation of devices and responsive web design, now there's not only 10 templates, but there's three versions, let's say, you know, small, medium, large screens for all of them. And we're like, we're going to keep those in Photoshop too. So it's not just 10, it's 10 times three, so 30. And then they're like, well, it's not only just the templates we're mocking up here. There's every single page that are using those templates. So let's say there's 10 of each of those. Now you're talking about, what, 300 or, or, or potentially thousands and thousands of Photoshop files that you all have to keep up to date in which Photoshop offers no like variables or anything. And now we're talking about, oh, but you could declare red once in CSS and that affects the absolutely everything that you're talking about. It seems, it seems actually fairly obvious. But well, you do all, all that work in Photoshop and not one of those thousands of Photoshop documents is you know, a working web page. At no point have you got any closer to having uh, a website built. Um, you're just you know, making daft decisions that really may have to be reevaluated by the time something gets into a browser anyway because you can't tell from a, a picture of a website how it's actually going to work how it's going to feel whether it's you know whether it will actually um feel natural to have things in a certain position or you know what happens as uh you know as the window is at, at different sizes uh, as things begin to wrap um you kind of have to just make those decisions in the browser because nothing else feels like um nothing nothing else feels like a browser yeah, maybe the that that was always a, a classic good one. I forget who gets the credit for that one, but the you know a picture of a website isn't a website kind of thing. That's a that's a good quip to use mm. to, as an argument. Love it. Let's see. So so just to, to fit the official sponsor, even though even though we've talked lots and lots about Perch, if you have if you're sitting here listening to us talk to Perch and you have questions about Perch, there is the absolute perfect place for you to go to 
to ask those questions and ask as many of them as you want and really level up your understanding of what Perch is and how to use it, or, or maybe you're already using it and trying to kind of perfect your skills or, or maybe even share your own knowledge because you think that kind of thing is really fun. The, the summit for you is the Perch CMS Summit. The URL to get there is literally perchcmssummit.com. That'll redirect you where you need to go. That is coming up this December 10th. So, so not so far from now, please, you know, make your decision about it soon. It's a $99 conference and $10 off if you use the coupon code shop talk show. So it's, uh, it's inexpensive for multiple reasons of just because it is. And the fact that you can, you know, you can watch it from your living room couch. You can watch it from your office. You can have everybody at your office watch it if you buy a group ticket. You can uh, you can buy the ticket and then time shift it and watch it later if you want because you get access to the recordings if you do it uh, uh, some other time. Uh, what's nice is that you know you should watch it live because it happens live. It is a live conference and you can sit and, and, and chat with... Um, looks like it'll be Drew, our guest, and Rachel, who are the couple who creates Perch and then there's um, there's one more person involved as well huh? Lorna Mitchell is speaking about PHP during the middle of the day that should be pretty good you should go is the point learn about Perch oh. ask Drew questions ask Rachel questions okay got some more Dave yeah okay here we go next question uh, came in today I think it's from uh, Rachel McGreen it's in uh, I'm looking to catch up with the times and use GitHub in my workflow for client projects but I don't really know how I should actually use it like should I create a separate repo for each client or should I make one repo and have multiple folders or branches since GitHub only allows a uh, a set amount of private repos. So uh, there is Rachel a lot to, to consider here, isn't it? There's the private and public is one thing. There's the who's got access to it is another thing. Is it both you or is it you and the client? Is it is it is it the type of project that can be in GitHub at all? And what portion of it do you put in GitHub? There's so much to think about. And then there's like, are there groups? Is a client have multiple repos? And what is a repo? Is it one particular site, or is it a part of a site, or is it multiple sites? It's like there's not enough written on the like on this. I, I, I understand Rachel's confusion here. I guess you probably just set them up on a, a perch instance, but how how do you kind of handle version control for your client? So we use um, we use Git, but we use um, uh, Beanstalk uh, rather than GitHub for all our our sort of private stuff. Um, and then I use GitHub for anything that's like a, an open source project. Um, and that, that's pretty much how I, how I sort of, uh, handle it. Cause you get um, privacy automatically from Beanstalk, right? There is no public. Right. Yeah. There is, there is no public. I mean, you can obviously add other team members and share it. Um, but essentially it's private. And so you can't, uh, do the thing that you could potentially, if you were, if you were a bit inept with, um, uh, GitHub, like I, th- I think I might be, um, I could upload something that's supposed to be private and in, make it into a public repo and um, and that would be embarrassing um, and potentially dangerous. So I uh, uh, use Beanstalk for that where it's just all private uh, by default and there, there's lots of lots of others. And I think they, these um, things like Beanstalk and what's the, is it uh, Bitbucket is another one and there's a few other um, commercial... Um, GitLab is getting pretty popular. yeah. Uh, that they basically give you a whole load of repos, um, like under their under their sort of fairly low cost plans. They tend to be a bit more generous than um, GitHub is for the private stuff. Uh, so I think you to get that to get the same quantity of private repos on GitHub, you end up paying a bit more um, because they're more focused. I think I mean they do both, but I think they're more focused on the open source side of things generally, which are obviously free. So part of this, is, uh, I'm curious, is that there's probably quite a few public GitHub repos, and because Perch is self-hosted, that the whole entirety of the Perch source code is just sitting there in that repo for people to grab. But uh, that, you know, whether you think that's a problem or not, or it, the fact is it's, it needs license key to kind of work anyway, right? So it's kind of not a big yeah. deal. That, it happens. Um, in fact, we have the... Um, 
the the perch core folder that has all the everything in it has got a, a git ignore file in there when we distribute it uh which ignores itself so you um when you try and uh check it in you have to actually go and consciously remove that and that we're kind of hoping that that reminds people ah this is <laughs> this is something that i shouldn't be making public um you know it's just a little uh, a little sort of nudge in the right direction but occasionally people do and we we have all sorts of stuff that spots it and uh, and lets us know and then we just drop them a, a message and say hey oh because you really <laughs> would prefer that people don't do that you don't you, it's not it's right. not intended to be an open source project yeah and that you know uh, although we don't encrypt anything because it's all just it's php right. and we don't do any of that weird sort of encryption stuff that makes life difficult um it's all you know it's not open source but it's view source uh, i wonder why you um isn't one version that you just don't care because it, it needs a key to work anyway so you can't really use it unless you but i suppose you could go in there and remove the code that you could go in and, and hack at it yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah okay i see um so uh yeah we just we as we spot it we just drop people a, a message and say hey <laughs> did you realize and normally it's oops <laughs> yeah and they take it you know they they mark it private or or um remove it from the history or, or what have you mm-hmm. so um yeah it's one of one of the challenges we uh, we face uh, having commercial software so rachel if you have a client i i wonder if i would approach it like i used to do with domain names for clients i'd like prefer not to own your domain name for a client like that just seems like rife with problems so like as much as it might be a pain in the butt or hand holding or whatever to to guide them through the process of owning their own domain name i may do the same thing with a git repo if you know that the deliverable is a repo in the end that maybe just make them owners of said repo and then have them invite you to it. That way, if things go south and you know, you've signed it up in your contract such that they own the work that you do because they're paying for it, that they have the right to then remove you if they want to, should that be the case. I think I would be more comfortable with that rather than having the Git repo under my own thing and you know, thus being in that kind of more tricky situation. And I, I don't know if I would... You can make uh, organizations for free, I think, on GitHub. And if your client had four sites, I might be tempted to make an organization for them and put all of their different four sites in four different repos that are all a part of that organization uh, that they own again. I th- yeah, I think I would, I would, by default, unless there's a convincing reason not to for any particular project, I would go with one project per repo. So one, you know, maybe one website, if it's websites you're building, yep. um, mm-hmm. per repo. And then you've just got one neat module, as it were, that you can move around and you can, you can either be working with or not, or you can export or you can archive. And it's just one thing. And it's, you don't have loads of stuff into, into, intertangled. Right. And Rachel, you're even asking, should, I, should one repo have multiple folders for a different site? No, make them different repos. And should you have different branches for a different thing? No, definitely not branch per project. That's weird. The point of a branch is to have a branch be just subtly different than the other branches so that the branches can merge back together. To have branches that are totally different projects would be a very weird way to use branches. I like the idea of using Bitbucket or something for client stuff. I mean, because if it's just a private repo uh, and you're working by yourself, you're not getting any of the GitHub-y benefits of like co-working with other people, which is what GitHub's really good at. So if you're just doing responsible version control, uh, I mean, send it up to Bitbucket or something free and cheap with a lot of private repos. Um, that that to me sounds, I don't know, kind of s- smart. Uh, but I, I definitely feel you on the private repo pricing thing because I I mean we're we're already like enterprise level at Paravel and we don't have anything <laughs> but just like old client repos. So, uh, I don't, yeah, I would, uh, I would definitely try to find a free way to offload what, what can be offloaded. One of the really, um, nice things about a lot of the, um, uh, a lot of these Git hosting services is I certainly know, um, Beanstalk, uh, has a really great, uh, deployment tool in there so once you've got your once you've got your project your site managed in a repo you you can push all your changes up there and then you can hit one button and it'll deploy it to your server for you so it gets you away from all that horrible ftping of files and all that sort of stuff that nobody should be doing uh in this day and age um you can just you know have it all managed set the server up with that service press a button and it'll just transfer the latest version 
And you can also means you then never get into a situation where somebody's edited something on the server and you've got an out-of-date copy of the files and you're not sure if it's safe to update, so you want to make a backup. for You know, it's the latest version's always in Git and then that latest version gets pushed to the live web server and it happens automatically and that's all brilliant. Yeah, we, we often mention being stuck in this environment. I think it's, it's sometimes worth being clear that the... The company behind Beanstalk is Wildbit, and Wildbit also makes another product called DeployBot. And every time we're like, well, you know, Beanstalk is its own thing. Everything's private in there. It's not like GitHub or whatever. DeployBot does the same thing that Beanstalk does. It's probably the same servers that do it, but then your repo could be on GitHub or Beanstalk Mm -hmm. or GitLab or anything. So if you you like the idea of using the deployment bit of... Beanstalk, they have a tool for that, and the repo can be any absolutely anywhere, including those popular services. So that's kind of worth people knowing, I think. Not a sponsor of the show, but deploybot.com is pretty useful for those situations. Uh, we have a, a, a one about kind of talking about forum stuff. So it's Kurt G, I think, is a, is a Russian name. It says he's a developer, um, and it works on a site with about 200,000 users, a big site. Our site is pretty huge and has an active forum, but they also publish articles, photos, videos, and stuff. So it sounds like a classic CMS kind of situation. The site is built on a really archaic Perl slash CGI system. It's really frustrating. We've decided that we want to migrate to a sparkly new modern system. What software system would we migrate to? I know WordPress is a very versatile system with a lot of support, but it lacks proper forum functionality. Uh, it doesn't, actually. You should look into uh, BB Press. Systems like Bulletin, Vanilla Forums, and IP Board look promising, but I'm not really sure which one is best. Um, anyway, Court is looking for getting off of this ancient system and onto something newer. Does it strike you, Drew, as something that is perchable, or would you worry about that kind of scale? Do you worry about the forums thing? Could you could you build forums in Perch, or is there more? I think it sounds like the forums are the thing with this, you know, that you need to focus on. Um, get the forums right, because the rest, like putting just content around it, there are so many different things that can help you manage content in a fairly straightforward way, but the forum bit is difficult, Mm -hmm. especially if you have so many people who are used to a way that a particular, like the existing site works, um, and presumably they're really dedicated to it if there's 200,000 people regularly using the site. Um, they're going to be very like deeply entrenched in how those forums work and then their communities there. Um, and so it's going to be really difficult, I think, migrating that, not only from a, a content point of view, like moving all, all that, all those you know forum posts and everything into something new, mm-hmm. um, but also how do you move those people into something new? How do you manage that so that everybody who uses it currently isn't, you know, completely... Um, you know, spun out by the fact that th- right. all the software suddenly changed from under them. You would think, it, like at at best, you'd they'd still have to like reset their password and stuff. Well, maybe you could move passwords, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. You know, you I don't I think you'll probably lose. You know, you have to have a conversation with the people you work with. Like, what's an acceptable number of people to to lose in a transition like this? Because you're gonna lose some of yeah. them. Yeah. Um, so I think the for, uh, forums are really, really difficult. It's certainly not something that the Perch attempts to um, to address. We don't have any sort of forum type stuff within It'd be Perch. Totally different software, um, I would think. I mean, you could. You, we've got an API, so you could you can basically use Perch like a a sort of framework to build other other things into. Um, so you could build like a a forum system with custom PHP within the Perch ecosystem and they would live with them within the same control panel and, and integrate it into your site. So you could do that, but we don't have anything like that at the moment. Um, I think forums are so hard, such a difficult, uh, not, not technically, but just, it seems like a hard bit of software design to get right. Yeah. UX. Please everyone. Yeah. Is your UX and, and, um, it, they're pretty difficult to scale once you're into threading and 
searching and all these sorts of things that they, they can be quite hard to scale. Not to mention just There's, making sure that they remain healthy and, and, and not like healthy, like from a, our human beings talking to each other in acceptable mm-hmm. ways, you know, and from, you know, spam and, right. and all that sort of stuff as well. Uh, so I think, I mean, I don't think there's an easy answer to the question. <laughs> I don't there think isn't. A simple I can share time. a story that the tech, the yeah. CSS Tricks has forums. The, the very, the, the day that I released them, I used a software called PHPBB, which is, Ooh. I think of as ancient so- software. You'd probably recognize it if you went and saw to this day a PHPB forum. They have a certain look to them, I think. I'd like to think of it as just say, oh, it's ancient software. Don't use that. But it's actively developed. In fact, they had a release. Last month, it looks like, or, or, or two months ago, and it seems like you know it's not it's not totally out of the question. It's PHP based software that's been around a long, long time that that has forums. So, so maybe I remember being a little disenchanted with it, and um, largely because of spam and bad spam control things for me. And I was like, you know what looks modern and cool is this vanilla forum. So one of the t- reasons I was willing to switch is because they offered a script that would convert all my users and content and stuff over to vanilla and I thought that the UX and look and stuff it just seemed like a, a better move and moved to vanilla and that was a very short-lived time because I was I can't even remember why at this moment but was also kind of disenchanted with vanilla and ultimately I think it was because BB press was which is the WordPress uh, plugin to make forums ability as part of WordPress uh, I'm I'm kind of in the WordPress land, you know, <laughs> sorry, I just kind of am. CSS Tricks has uh, been in there, and it, there's just a lot, a lot, a lot going on on CSS Tricks, and it's been there for, you know, 10 years going on, so it's like I'm, pr- I'm fairly happy with it, know a lot about it, wrote a book about it at one time. Anyway, p- p- the fact that PHPBB kind of grew up and now works pretty well and is a part of that ecosystem, meaning my entire site could be all in WordPress, uh, was appealing to me, and again, there was a script offered that would convert then vanilla to to that, and it ran and ran pretty well. And now I'm happy with that. So, so I, I would say that you know, for the first time ever, I'm fairly happy with the forum software on my site, and it's powered by WordPress and PHPBB. So I, I wouldn't discount that as a possibility. I know, Kurt, you're specifically looking for sparkly new modern. When I think forums and sparkly new modern, I generally think of discourse. So if you haven't seen discourse.org, I'd check that out. It is, uh, it's not PHP. It's, it has a kind of a, a fancy tech stack. I forget what Rails. it is all entirely, but it's... I think it's, it's Rails. Rails yeah. Yeah. Ember Rails. Ember Rails. So there you go. So that's pretty... Uh, it definitely has different UX to it. It's a little kind of unlike other other things that you've seen. There's a lot of notification stuff going on and fixed position stuff and the way that it handles replies and stuff is is unusual and cool and they're definitely like actively thinking about what a forum can be. I wouldn't write that out either. I don't know if they offer conversion scripts or I I've used uh, vanilla and a bunch of others in the past. I like vanilla. Um, it's a little hard to update. I felt like, um, but it, uh, it actually has a pretty good migration path. Like they, they try to do that and they, uh, they offer homegrown legacy software too. So maybe that's a way, but, uh, in my opinion, I think the biggest thing is that losing people thing. That's going to be a huge deal because no one wants their cheese moved. No one wants anything to change ever. Um, so maybe you offer like, like set up a beta that no one can post to, but like, Hey, browse the new version. We're not live yet, but just go browse it and let us know what you think. Just so people who want to complain can complain, uh, without leaving, uh, first. So that would be my offer. Did you have some thoughts on that? This stuff, Drew? Um, only in that uh, that sort of scale is is probably not completely out of the question to to look into what it would cost to actually develop your own forum um, or develop a custom forum based on something else to actually meet meet your own needs because I mean presumably it, you're talking about uh, an enterprise of of some sort of scale there should be some some sort of money behind it there if there's you know that right that quantity of users right we're talking a big some sort of big organization we're not talking about just reinventing the wheel for the sake of reinventing it i would imagine a community that's that big and that pumping around flowing has 
very kind of specific needs. There's cool things that you could do for this community that that make doing something entirely custom would uh, would enable, right? Right. Uh, our our um our perch support forums are um are forums, um but they're kind of a little bit custom, and we wanted to do our own thing. Um, and what we did was we actually found an open source um. Uh, project and we forked it and then we made it our own so a lot of the the basic work had been done for us and then we just build on top of it um so uh our forums are based on the uh, laravel.io forums which is a laravel project oh, there you go open. that's another option so we we forked that and uh, and and just yeah customized it to to be our own thing well wonderful good luck with your journey, Kurt, that sounds like a... <laughs> I hope there's some money behind it. If there isn't, I don't know what you're going to do. Okay. Well, I think we're going to have to wrap it up, Drew. Thank you so much for coming on the show. For those people who aren't following you and giving you money, how can they do that? And then what's one thing you'd like to plug before you leave? So uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at Drew M. Um, and uh, you can find out about Perch at grabaperch.com. But I guess at this time of year, it's probably the thing to plug is 24 Ways, which is 24ways.org, and will kick off on December the 1st, uh, midnight GMT, um, with another 24 days of articles. So uh, Great. Very exciting. Looking forward to it. Uh, I didn't get to a chance to pitch you some of my ideas, like uh, managing client tiers, and <laughs> how to scale clouds with webs uh, was also one I was kind of noodling on. But hey, maybe 2016. Maybe, maybe. Hey. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for uh, listening to this, downloading this, and your podcatcher of choice. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, be sure to star, heart, favorite, uh, vote it up. Uh, that's how people find out about the show. And uh, Twitter, follow us on Twitter at Shop Talk Show for all the latest updates, uh, which are very few and infrequent, like averaging like two negative two a week. So it's not going to be a big pain point on your, your Twitter sphere. And, uh, thanks, uh, to, to all of our sponsors and Chris, do you got anything else uh, you'd like to say here? Well, just the shop.show.com.